Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another Wednesday edition of Sci-Fi Watcher, episode number 258, as we geek out over the Orville. Glad you could join us again this week. I'm Corey Charette. That's Brian Lee. Brian, how's it going? Howdy doody. Good to be here, man. Oh, another episode of the Orville. Finally back after a week off. I know. We missed you, Orville. Oh, we did. And we're so glad you're back. But let's get right into it with this week's episode called Deflectors, which is episode seven of season two, the 19th episode overall, which came out on February was it February 15th? February 14th, right? 14th. February 14th. I wrote 50. February 14th, 2019, uh, written by David A. Goodman, and another one directed by Seth MacFarlane. So this Ooh. is the Valentine's Day episode, basically. That's a good, yeah, it was It was put on a good day there. I yeah. wonder if that was on purpose. I don't know, but it felt like it kind of was. I mean, it was love is in the air, basically. Yeah. Love and lack of love. Yeah, I think it's kind of, almost felt like they kind of reset the... Uh, the, the relationships on the show in this one. Uh, yeah, they moved them around, shuffled them around a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, we started off with Kelly and Cassius. Yeah, whoop-de-doo. I'm like, oh, yeah, they're still dating. I forgot. Yeah, a little side uh, story there. Mm-hmm. Side story that's ending, unfortunately. Yeah, well, it really never started, I thought, in my book. Really non-starter, you think? Yeah, I think it was just there to kind of throw a wrench into the Ed thing. I do too, because I when when they first introduced these two as being um, an item, I was like, "That's not a lot. That's not gonna last long." No, and we never really saw him either. It was not enough. There was no. I mean, he was in what two or three episodes? It seems like this season. He was yeah, but they went on dates and uh, they went to that other Bordis centric episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, which one was that? That was uh, was it Primal Urges or no? That... It was the first one, Jaloya. Okay, the, the let's pee in the wind. Yeah, that one. That's the one. Yeah, I mean that's the one we we introduce them to us. Um, this was a romantic one, but at least we had science fiction elements to this one, which I'm glad. Thank God. Yeah. Yeah, I was when I got when it started up. I'm like, oh, please don't just be romance. Don't be don't be one of these like. Oh, look, a planet, and then keep going on to the romance. I'm like, I don't want that in again. Please don't do that. Yeah, they, they, didn't, they didn't, like, piss us off that way. Yeah. But they did make it uh, a little more preachy. Oh, they, they threw it in your face. I mean, it was plain and yeah. stuff. There was, there was no, uh, no ifs, ands, or buts about this one, because they go to the, pl- the planet Machlis, of course, and uh, uh, the one of the best engineers on the planet, Lokar, shows up, who was an old boyfriend of Bordis, which we obviously knew something was going on there before he said anything. Yeah, I knew there was going to be tension. They mm-hmm. wanted to add some tension in there. But it was a little surprising to find out, you know, Lokar's objective there. First, you know, we find out he's an excellent sci- uh, engineer, you know, does the upgrade mm-hmm. for the Orville. But then we find out that he uh, he likes women, and that's not – that's frowned upon. Yeah, Mocklin. being straight is, is a no-no on Mocklin. Yeah. We didn't. We didn't know how bad it was. It's no. pretty bad. It, it. Yeah. It's. I mean, we talk about gay bashing. It's. It's like straight bashing, basically, is what this is. Yeah. Right. Um, I, I kind of called it a little bit when uh, I saw uh, Lokar and Talia interacting. Yeah, there was. You could see a little sparkle in his eye. A little. A little something about that. Did you call it when you saw him? I did. I did. I'm like. Mm. He looks like he's a little interested in her, so you know he shouldn't be, but obviously something's going on. Yeah. Um, 
not a lot of laughs in this episode, I guess. No, but it was interesting near the beginning. I, I think it's Gordon. Gordon asks about the, uh, how do you end relationships? You know, do you stab each other? Like, like when you're married and they go, they go, no, they pull out the tooth and give it to the other person. <laughs> that was a funny scene. And then, and then it gives it to the next mate. And then Gordon's like, and do they eat it? It's like, they eat it. He's like, yes. <laughs> like, okay. That's a little, little sick. Yeah. He's like, I'm getting good at this. Yeah. It was interesting to hear that. Yeah. There was the whole, we said no torpedoes. That was a little jokey. Yeah. But it felt a little, it was weird. I'm like, why? I'm like, no torpedoes. Shh. Sorry. I mean, the whole thing. I did say no torpedoes. That was funny, but it was just like, why did they shoot torpedoes? Just to try to get that laugh. It didn't, yeah. Fell a little I weird. I think it was a laugh. It was off for the laughs. Yeah. I mean, I love the whole thing when, when Talia takes him to that 1945 simulation and, you know, she gets called away. Well, you know, stuff goes on in, in the simulator. I wish they didn't show, um, Oh God! What's his name? Clyden. Clyden. I wish they didn't show him going in the simulator. I kind of wish they. You heard the door open, and you know someone went in there, but they didn't show him, just so we could have. Oh, who is it? Who is it? Yeah. I wanted more mystery to who walked in there. I mean, obviously, you know, for obvious reasons, later on we know it's not him, but I would like I would love to have that mystery in in there for a few more minutes of the show. Um. Yeah, and, and when I when I saw that that you know it's like they thought it's Clyden, I knew right away. I'm like, it's not going to be Clyden. No, it's he's not. A, he's a major character. They're not going to get rid of him this soon, kind of thing. I didn't know what really happened with with Lokar and his his master plan. But I love I love the whole thing. I love the whole idea behind that. You like the little mystery of who did who done it? I did. I, I like the fact. I love the fact that because she's had a security, she can basically play the security tapes of what's going on in there and watch mm-hmm. the replay. And I love that she could do that. And I love the fact that the person, whoever it was walked through the door was all you know distorted and stuff like that. It was corrupt file right there. It looked really cool too. It did. It, it, it kind of reminded me of the, of the, the uh, white Christmas black mirror episode a little bit. And is this the fine first time we've seen an actual like death on screen, real or simulated? <sighs> I gotta say no. It seem it seems like we've been we're we're one and a half seasons into the show. I can't see that happening. I don't think I've ever seen anybody vaporized before. No, I don't think we've seen that. But I do like the fact that they do mention that. You know how how would it have done the safeties would have had to been shut off to use a weapon. How would you gotten a weapon on board? It was a holographic weapon they used, which I was like, how would you kill somebody with a holographic weapon? I mean, that where it got a little over over my head when they're like, it's a simulated weapon. So like, what does a simulated weapon mean? Well, they say you could shut the safeties off in in the simulator, just like the holodeck on Star Trek. So you could die inside there. So if he shut off the simulator thing, any weapon inside the simulator would kill him. Uh Uh-huh. That's that's how it is. It's, even though it's not a real weapon inside the simulator, it's a real weapon. It would technically kill you. Oh, simulator or not, it's real. <clears throat> right, it's real inside there. Yeah, gotcha. I gotcha. That's how I'm figuring it out. Okay. Um, I love the whole mystery behind uh, where you know he's dead. Where is he? You know, but he's not dead. I love how because he's such a good engineer, he can he can camouflage himself on the ship. Right. Yeah. I just thought it was, it, was, smart, it was smartly done. Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, I like the fact that he just explained that he used a uh, he used the uh, the personal cloak in the shuttle just so no one could see him. Like, okay, 
Yeah, basically it didn't extend past his body. Right. So he's just like a bubble. It's like a cloaked bubble. Which was simple, you know, because sometimes the most simplest things, explanations are never thought of. Right. Makes sense. What did you think of the Cotrudian plant, the talking plant? Uh, did you already find out who it was? I knew who it was in two seconds. You did? Let yes. me hear what you, who you think it is. Bruce Willis. Okay, good. I mean, <laughs> what did you think I was going to say somebody else? I wrote down, Bruce Willis talking plant. Okay. No, that's good. It, he was like a surprise. He, I don't think he's not in the credits. The voice, though, it's just... But His I'm, voice gives it away. But I'm like, I mean, I'm going to say probably the biggest star they've had on this show so far. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I will probably say that. Well, Ted Danson's pretty big. Yeah, but I think Ted Danson's TV big. Bruce Willis is movie big. So I would, I, I, I put movie big over TV Charlize big. Theron, though? Come Ooh, on. okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> now, has Bruce Willis worked with, with Seth MacFarlane before? That's my question. I don't know if he has. I don't. Maybe he was a fan of the show. And he's like, hey, get me on there. I'll, I'll do anything. Because that's the thing. Every time I go, oh, look, big name actor. Oh, they worked with Seth MacFarlane before. I'm like, oh, okay. So... He's a friend, kind of asking for favors. I can, I can kind of see that. But to do a voice is easy. You know? it, it is, it is. But still, it's still awesome. How did you know right away? I had to. I mean, I had someone else brought it up. I didn't know it was it, Bruce Willis. It just sounded like him to me. Okay. You know, sometimes because sometimes you're like, who is that? Who is that? And this one, I'm like, that's that's got to be Bruce Willis. It's like, yep, it's Bruce Willis. Yeah. I was just, I you just think anything it. he said. Uh, had to do with past characters or anything like that, or no? I don't think so. Okay, I, nothing really stuck out to me. But the the whole thing about uh, Cassius giving her all these, you know, flower stuff and crazy letters and all those, it's a little too cliche. It was, but I love the whole cookie basket scene where Ed goes in. Can I have one? Well, these are really good. She's like, you can take it, and he just grabs it and walks out. I'm like, Jesus. <laughs> Oh, really? I wrote that down as being a blah scene, the cookie scene. I think it was written just so he could have to do the cookie thing, you know, the whole cookie gimmick. Because there's like silence when he was walking away. He just had the cookies and I, I'm walking away. I think that was the funny part because she's like, you can have it. He's like, thanks. He grabs it and just walks away. I'm like, what the heck? Yeah. Okay. I took it a different way. I mean, but basically this episode ended on such a depressing note. It is, but that's the preachy part I was talking about, you know? Um, and poor, poor Talia, I feel like she, she's getting a lot of stuff dumped on her that mm-hmm. I don't think would have happened with, uh, our previous Salayan, you know? Yeah. These I mean, scenes are very heavy compared to the lightness we, we experienced with, uh, I forgot her name already. Uh, uh Who was our- Alana? Alana? Alana. Alana. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but we're also season two too. And McFarlane said that we're gonna have more more romantic, more sex stuff going on in the season. And as you can tell, this is one of those episodes again. Yeah. But I I enjoy these little, you know, peeks at the characters mm-hmm. and their lives, but I really want to get back to exploring. I do too. I think we're doing this 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 season's a little too much relationship heavy. Yeah. Um, but like I said, it was so depressing. Uh Witz's face goes back to to the planet basically to be imprisoned for life or whatever. Cause that's the punishment for being straight on their planet. Yeah. But this is also the third Mocklin centric episode. Mm-hmm. Deloja primal urges and now deflectors. Yeah. It's a little too much. I think for that something at the end though, that Ed said was, was 
telling. He said, the more I learn about Mocklin's differences go straight to the core of our values. I feel like they're going to be, I feel like they're going to be an enemy maybe possibly. Mm, I don't know. Just, Cause you know, we used to be geared towards the krill. Right. Right. So I feel like maybe Mocklin's in the future, do something heinous and then become an enemy. I don't know. Yeah. You might be right about that. Um, and it may have something to do with these, this upgrade. I mean, the, they're letting him getting on board and upgrade the ship. Basically have access to the ship without any questions. Yeah. And she's bypassing security for him. Yeah. Do you think these deflectors, the, these modified deflectors are going to play a part down the road? That's what my, uh, my guess is. I have no forethought in this. I'm just making a guess yeah. because look, you invited, uh, somebody that is a stranger on your ship to upgrade and make it th- the thing better. What happens when you're in a firefight with Mocklins and they push a button and then all your deflectors go away? That's the thing I was wondering if they had some sort of like backdoor virus where they can just override your ship. And that weird thing where the deflectors were drained and then it takes like a few seconds for them to like reboot up. I'm like, that's kind of scary. If you're in battle, you you really are screwed. You don't have a choice to tell the other other side to stop for a second. Right, because that's the part where they could just concentrate everything on you while your stuff is rebooting. Exactly. So that, that to me, I'm like, I'm like, so how are these re- deflectors better than the ones you had before? Well, there's something about they added a fifth one and power generation's better. Oh yeah, the guy said, oh well, I wrote the guide, so you know, like Scotty does in Star Trek, I wrote it, so I know, I know what to do. Even though it says this, you can still do this. Right. So I, I have a feeling down the road that's probably going to bite them. Right. And then, of course, uh, Cassius puts it in for a transfer, so he's gone. So we're basically back to Kelly and Ed thing again. I had a feeling when they first introduced that guy that towards the end of the season, it was going to gear towards Kelly and Ed. I, I felt like he was a filler. I didn't see any chemistry between him him and Kelly. Kelly, him was, he was such a blah character. He's a throwaway. He really throwaway is. Character. He really is. Um, And, of course, um, Bordis now, he has issues at home. Well, now we have enemies between Clyden and Talia. Mm-hmm. Like when she said, when you see me in the hallway, just walk the other way. Exactly. You know? And I was There's like- There's a divide on the ship now. You uh-huh. Know? Yeah. Stay away from it. It's like, oh, crap. So now does that mean, is Bordis going to be like not like Talia too because of this? Or, I mean, because those two, you know, they he comes home and it's like, oh, God. They look at each other. It's like, I'm just walking away from you because- I yeah. think Bordis is going to have to do something, have to look inside himself to find out, am I true to my ship or true to my people? Well, he's already, first of all, we already know he's true to his ship because he even said when he dated that other guy, he found him on ship leave with a woman. Yeah. And he accepted him for that, mm-hmm. which says a lot about Bordis. Mm-hmm. So... I have a feeling divorce. I don't want to say divorce because that involves stabbing, but I have a feeling that the relationship's going to fall apart somewhere. I think it's probably going to be something in the finale is going to touch on this somewhere. I think so. Um, That's about it for this episode. What'd you think? I mean, overall, how would you rate this one? It wasn't the greatest episode um, because it was more, you know, personal relationships and stuff like that. Like rated out of a 10? Yeah, out of a 10. How would you get this one? Seven. See, I give it an eight because the 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 murder, quote unquote, what I got hooked with the murder. 
Mm-hmm. The rest of it, I was just like, blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden the whole murder thing and who's in the distortion and what's going on. I was like, Ooh, okay. This, this, that kind of gave me more interest at the end. I wanted more of that story and less of the, the build up to it. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm the same way. Yeah. So that's it for this week's episode of the Orville. Of course, I want to thank Brian for being here. Brian, where can we find you online? I can find me on Twitter or Instagram. It's Brian says, and you can always find us at sayproductions.com slash sci-fi watch for all your sci-fi goodness. Lots of stuff going on this week. We just finished our Sci-Fi Shorts Volume 5, which you can check out. And, of course, we're going to be doing more catch-up on Rick and Morty tomorrow night and uh, tons of other stuff. So just check it out over at sayproductions.com slash sci-fi watcher. Join us live on Monday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern, 12 midnight UTC over at sayproductions.com slash YouTube. That's it for this episode. Until next time, hope you all have a good one.